Previously on Bad Heroes. Every one of you is alone in what appears to be a nightmare. She's gonna try and like touch her heart. You still have songs inside you, Iria, and nobody can play them but you. Wingatha, what is your motivation? She's thinking about the greatest sunset and to her that represented this unlimited potential. Gideon, Amara looked at you and she saw that you were afraid. What did she tell you? It's okay to be afraid. Just don't let it hold you back. Tonrir looked at that owl and he felt a life inside of him for the first time since the forest had died. The forest, your forest? It was going to take a long time, but it was going to come back. And so were you. What incredible luck we have. Oh my God. No kidding. Everyone is awake. Woo! Everything around you guys is beginning to rumble and the castle is collapsing. Fucking know it. Draw the longbow, get a shot out. Iria is going to start up her Inspire Courage performance again. She sees the group of young vampires. I know you're confused, but you do have a choice. She points at Oberon. You should help us finish him. And they throw themselves at him. Her claws are out. You are out of your league, Oberon. She casts Snapdragon Fireworks. It is shocking how fast he goes up in flames. And he is there one second, and then this monster is just ash. Yes. We still have a concern, though. You do. Yes. Mm. Well, we have two now that I think about it. Mm. Don't we have five? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go into open now because nobody is outwardly attacking you guys. So you you watch this happen and like the thralls who were on the floor looking kind of feral, they cheer. And Nyx puts both his arms up in the air. And just like shouts in excitement and then falls back flat on the ground looking <laughs> oh, no. so happy. Because this is <laughs> this has been keeping him up for a century. And Thalia, who was in kind of a half-laying position, just like slumps down so that her her head is on her hand and she's kind of laying on her side and she just smiles. I think Iria runs over to Nyx as soon as this happens and well, like he had his hands high and then he fell, right? Yeah, he had his hands high and he just like flopped over like a chill cat. Yeah, so <laughs> Iria runs over to to be with him. Aw. <laughs> he gives you a little a little snuggle and we'll have a we'll have a, a moment in a second. Wingatha's just banging the hilt of her sword against her shield, like making noise. Joyful noise. Nice. So Iria has rushed over to Nyx. Wingatha is just like banging on the <laughs> Balcony and excitement. What's Gideon doing? Gideon probably after that just kind of collapsed a little bit. Like she's sitting down. She fell backwards on her ass, but she's 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 trying to sit gracefully as if she's just like, I just need a rest. <laughs> so one of the one of the thralls is actually near you, and he is an older dwarven man with like a gray beard, and he's wearing ridiculous finery. And he like looks over at you, Gideon, and then like holds out his fist for a fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> Do you bump it? Uh... 
Um, <laughs> Gideon, <laughs> Gideon has never seen a fist bump. Gideon has never seen a fist bump, and she is going to. Um, her her claws are going to retract. <laughs> she's going to reach up gingerly and kind of like, almost like a dainty handshake. Like she's just gonna like hold the fist. <laughs> <laughs> it's the handshake equivalent of a golf clap. <laughs> I love it. He looks confused but delighted, <laughs> and just and just kind of mm. falls down. He falls down. Yeah, like he also had like fallen to the ground. So he's like. I feel like a lot of people in this room are just kind of collapsed right now. <laughs> Tanra, what are you up to? Uh, I'm going to move over toward the group where, like, because I would imagine, like, Nyx and Thalia and all of them are pretty close together. They are, yeah. Yeah, Nyx and Thalia are both on the ground. Also, he's going to take a look at the structural integrity of the room itself. What's going on with the castle? It is bad. It is getting worse by the second. Debris is starting to fall. From everywhere, and and pretty soon we're gonna have to start doing some uh, some dex checks. Mm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Given that, I will forego my original plan. Mm. He's uh, he's gonna say, "Glad everybody's fine, but we need to get out before we are buried here with everything else." I think one of the thralls, who is an older woman, an older elven woman with gray hair. She stands up and sort of brushes herself off and says, um, I know the way out. And she points towards the foyer. Um, and you guys remember that on the west side of the foyer was that little room that you guys identified as an entryway. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where those other vampires left. Okay. All right. Well, what Tonru will do at this point is move toward the foyer and just take a quick peek in to make sure nobody else is waiting there for a sudden snack or anything like that. <laughs> and if it ends up being in the clear, uh, try to wave everybody over to start moving people out. It looks like it's in the clear. There doesn't seem to be anybody else here. The smaller rooms in particular are really starting to collapse. The upper part of the third story walkway where you are, Wingatha, is really coming down. Mm. That part is really getting hairy. And I think in the ballroom on the far north side at the top of the stairs, it's completely collapsed now. There is no top of the stairs. Mm. And it, it is really starting to crumble. And it's making quite the loud sound. Ooh. Wingatha's going to point. She's going to direct the um, the awakened thralls and say, uh, everyone, if you can, pick up one of your fallen comrades and move to the way out. Now... Is the um the one that's in the dresser, is she nearby? So what you know is that you are on a third story walkway and that room that that thrall was in was on the third story. And in that room, there was a door that you guys did not open. Mm. Okay. Wingus is going to call out to her, to the rest of her party and say, I'm going to try to get the other one. Uh, I'll be right back, but don't wait for me. And she's going to- What? Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for some fucking heroics. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think the other thralls are going over and they're doing their best to kind of pick up or drag those comrades that are downed. And I think I think Nyx goes over and he helps. Uh, and they start, like, pulling everybody out towards the foyer, towards the entryway. Thalia actually seems like she's having a little bit of trouble. Like, she is really, really hurt. Hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, G- Gideon and Thalia are in a bad way. Iria, what are you doing? 
Um, I'm probably helping Nyx up to start heading towards the foyer. Foyer? Foyer? Oh, Nyx actually, um, he actually hands off a thrall to you really quick. One of the unconscious um, young vampires. And you have help. It's that older dwarven man. And uh, he goes over to the pile of ashes where Oberon was and picks something out of it. Hmm. Nyx does? Nyx does. Yeah, he picks something out of the pile of ashes. And he puts it in his pocket. And then he comes back and continues to help. Gideon, what you doing? Sitting on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I think Thalia drags herself up to her feet. Pretty unstable. And she walks over. And she holds out a hand to you. Okay, Gideon looks up at her and says, Is this another one of those fist shake things? (laughs) (laughs) Thalia says, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And then Gideon reaches up and takes her hand. Okay. I think she helps you up and you two kind of, kind of walk together, not helping with the the thralls. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) No, no, not doing that. Uh, Down to the foyer and into the entryway. So everybody's making a pretty good pace over there. Is there anything else anybody wants to do in that ballroom? Nope. I'm going to use wood shape on the door itself and I'm just going to kind of dismantle it a little bit and make some crude crutches out of the door just so people have something to hobble on if needs be um, and just hand them out to the people who are most debilitated. Okay, great. Yeah. I I think that you've definitely got some takers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So area Tarnrear and Gideon, why don't you guys give me one deck saving throw? Gideon, do not, do not miss. (laughs) <laughs> Seven. Okay. You get hit and you take three damage. Oh no. <laughs> That's so much damage. <laughs> it is for you, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I gotta Man, wouldn't that just be tragic if you just obliterated Oberon in like a cool burst of flames and then a pebble <laughs> fell and killed you? <laughs> I think that's what's gonna happen because I rolled a six. Ugh. Oh, no. Technically, I rolled a four and my dexterity modifiers, too. So. <laughs> okay, hang hang on. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so Gideon, you rolled, you rolled bad. And I think like a, b- a big chunk of the wall that you're walking by is actually about to fall on you. But Thalia rolled a dex saving throw and it was a 21. So oh, shit. she actually pulls you out of the way. Oh, phew. Rad. Tonra, what'd you get? Uh, 12 plus three, so 15. You definitely dodge the falling rubble, maybe with some some cool rolls, some some chill hops. And the owl? Oh yeah, give me give me a death sa- dex saving throw for rule three. Rule, rule, uh, rule three. Rule three. <laughs> rule three. Give me a dex saving rule throw three. for your hoot hoot. That was a base of 14, so. That's fine, yeah. All right, great. So your owl is sort of bobbing and weaving through this falling rubble and you are, you know, sort of rolling, bobbing, weaving, being cool and acrobatic. (laughs) 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 Okay, so you all, one way or the other, make your way into the entryway and you guys can actually see that on the north side of the entryway, there is what looks like an underground path, like a tunnel. And it doesn't look like it's under the castle and it is not collapsing. It looks like it is separate from sort of this whole disaster. It is like an actual structurally sound tunnel through the sand. Now, 
Wingatha. Hmm. <laughs> Wingatha. <laughs> Let's see where your health is at. I am at, I have notes. I'm at 13 out of 21 now. All right, let's see if that holds. <sighs> All right, deck saving throw, please. Okay. That's a base of 11, and I have minus two. Uh-oh, take five damage. Ooh, boy. As something very heavy falls on you. So eight out of 21. Okay. Where are you going? Going towards that door on at the end of the walkway. Okay. Give me a constitution saving throw. Oh, God. Okay. 14. Um, and my modifier cancels out the negative levels. Okay. All right. That's fine. So as you open this door, you hear a very soft click. Mm. God damn it. And <laughs> this green gas starts filling the area. What? <laughs> what? This door is trapped. But whatever it is that you feel that it's trying to do to you, and you can tell me how you do this if you, like, cover your face and run through, but it doesn't get you. Yeah, Wingatha, basically, she ducks her head and she covers her mouth and nose with her elbow and just sort of charges through the cloud. Okay. So you you run through this cloud, and I think that you can't see anything for a minute. And then, sure enough, your gamble was right. You are in that room. And on the far side of that room is a dresser in which you know is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to run towards that dresser. And this is her motivation. This woman is trapped in a small space and would die there if we just left her. And Wingatha had a part in putting her there. So she feels terrible about that. Uh, that's, that's really good. <laughs> so she's going to run over there and throw the doors open to that dresser. Okay. All right. You find her and she is frozen and glassy eyed and she has a heart in her stake, er, a, a heart in her stake, no, a stake in her heart. <laughs> <laughs> Just as you guys left her, you guys kind of put her on ice. Mm -hmm. Wingatha realizes that she could try to drag her down there, but that might take too long. So if she can get her walking, that might be faster. But she's just kind of like muttering under her breath, like, don't be mad, don't be mad, and pulls, <laughs> pulls the stake out. You pull the stake out and this woman goes, ah! <laughs> 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 and scrambles backwards against the edge of the dresser and is like what the fuck <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, and just like thinks and just goes oh my god did I bite you <laughs> I bit you huh Wingatha holds up her hands like they're empty and just like kind of calmingly and is like you did but Water under the bridge, totally fine. We got to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, you did stake me, so like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're even. Let's just call it even. Now let's go. Oh my God, is the castle coming down? <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> this has been like an eventful 24 hours. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And like, just <laughs> grabs your wrist and starts running with like, just otherworldly speed. <laughs> And I think burst back through that open door where the gas is. I guess give me another constitution saving throw unless you want to run down through the castle. But I don't think you can. I mean, I think the other way is collapsed. Okay. Let's do this again. That's a seven. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. You go to run through this gas and your legs stop working. Ah, shit. And you kind of get frozen in place and this woman looks back at you and tugs and you you don't move 
And she says, what the f- Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, okay, um, I am sorry about this. And she picks you up. <laughs> and she throws you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And you're going to take some damage for that. <laughs> okay, you fall off of the walkway. She chucks you, like, down into the ballroom. Uh-huh. And I think that she, you know, she does that that really quick spider climb, and she, she tries to get to you in time, and it's not fast enough. And you're going to take five damage for that. Okay. So you're sitting at a cool three hit points. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And as you leave that smoke, as you start breathing proper air again, you are kind of able to move, but not well. So she mm. she kind of just like drags you into the foyer, into the entryway where presumably everyone else is and goes, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> and then points at Wingatha and goes, I didn't do this. <laughs> I mean, technically you did, but that's fine. Is Wingatha saying this like half awake? Like technically, I, I would say roughly half of your mouth moves. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you guys all stand in the entryway. There is a tunnel that looks stable. Are you all going into it? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> no. I'm gonna stay here and die. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's dead here. Um, I'm gonna. I will go first since I have all of the, the you know dark vision stuff things going on and <laughs> take lead into the cave first. Okay. It is a long tunnel um, and it seems to run upward. So as, as you guys, I think fall single file into this um, entryway, it seems as if you guys are marching upward towards daylight. And I think that this tunnel is pretty long. It goes all the way along the side of the ballroom. So 90 feet. And as you guys go up, it's dark and it's hard to see. Does anybody cast anything to help with that, or are y'all just bumbling around? Uria says, are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Gideon's going to uh, cast Dancing Lights. Ah, perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cast it in a in a glowing, vaguely humanoid shape. And oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Have it kind of uh, walking towards the front to light the way. <laughs> Can you do anything to like make it cuter? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> oh god. You could turn it into anything. No, I can I can only create lights that are four glowing spheres or oh. lanterns or torches or a glowing human shape. <laughs> that seems like a major. <laughs> Does the spell ever get better? I feel like you should be able to turn it into like a nice friendly dog or something. <laughs> It can be made permanent later on, but that's the only way it gets better. <laughs> okay. Well, so are you, how much radius does that cover? That is, I don't know. It doesn't say. The good news is if you guys all stick together, the vampires could see. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Only you guys need it. Cool. Um, so elimination, I've got my eyes. Okay. You see with your elven eyes. And I'll keep uh, scouting forward. Okay. This tunnel is empty. And you guys hear the castle collapsing. But it seems like this tunnel does not run under the castle. It runs away from it. What a scaredy castle. So in this tunnel, you are safe. There's no um, like blast back or anything that we're going to have come pushing up from behind. 
I think it was like a slow collapse. Okay. It was falling apart pretty slowly. You guys are okay. But you guys do know that like you are sealed in on the back way. The entryway is no more. There is nothing back that direction. Yeah. So you guys are marching your way through this tunnel and eventually you guys see, you guys see a light. There is an end to this tunnel. There is some light creeping through what looks like a trapdoor in the ceiling. Hmm. What kind of light? Light and I should say sand. There is like sand kind of pooled at the ground there as if it has fallen through the cracks in this door. Kind of light are we looking at? Uh, sunlight. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. As I get close enough to that, I'm going to put my hand up to stop everybody else because I'm not paying attention to who's in front at the moment. And I'm going to say, this is sunlight coming through. Be careful. I'm going to look back to make sure that everybody's backed away enough before I try to open the trap door. Yeah, I think all the vampires get the hell out of the way. (laughs) Cool. Um, Then I will. (sighs) You know what? Out of paranoia, I'm just going to check the trap door. (laughs) Okay, yeah, do it. All right. Uh, I was doing a perception roll. Uh, so, 18. Looks normal. Looks like a door to the desert. Okay, well, I'm going to open that that sucker up. Sure enough, that is exactly what it is. Um, you push that open and light and a little bit of sand pours in. You kind of get the impression that there was like a light dusting of sand on top. You know, it's a little bit disguised, but... Not enough to like bury you or anything. And you're able to push it open. And if you want, you can climb out. I'm going to climb out, but very slowly. (laughs) You see desert. And you see to the east of you, you see that area you were before where the castle was buried under the sand. That area has collapsed. And you know that that castle is just, it is gone to the desert now. (laughs) Okay. I think also in the far off distance, because this did just happen not too long ago, to the north and to the west, you actually see what kind of looks like several little caravans leading away. Give me a perception check, or you can use your owl to try to figure that out. Yeah, because the owl's going to shoot right up out of the uh, door. And I think he's so happy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Him and I both, (laughs) let's be honest. For a brief moment, Tom Rear closes his eyes to feel that warmth of the sun before he completely had come out of the trap door and the owl was just right behind him. And yeah, I'll use the owl to um, see what is off in the distance. Okay. Um, I think your owl zips off for a little while. And what your owl sees is there were those other vampires that were in attendance at this party and they left and it was daytime. And the way that you have learned that they left is that they have what looks like a, a small caravan of mortal familiars dragging their coffins. They're pretty far in the distance. Pretty dang far. You'd have to work hard. They are not seeing you and they're not coming back for you. Right. Okay. Cool. So Tonry is going to look back down into the hole. Is there anybody that is kind of clamoring for the sunlight as well from the party? I think Irio would be a little bit. Cool. But also kind of feel bad about it because Nyx can't go in the sunlight. <laughs> I would... Uh, I would wave up for those who can and say, uh, the coast is clear for the moment and it is bright out here. Wingatha wants to, but she's a little bit too hurt. Trapdoor, like you have to climb up. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to climb out of it. She's going to like walk directly under it and just look up at the sky and like take it in. 
you're doing better now. The longer that you are away from that green smoke, the more that you get feeling back in your limbs and the more mobility you regain. So you're... She did fall 45 feet in full armor, though. There is that. (laughs) There is some internal bleeding. (laughs) And you do look not great. She's picked up one of the crutches that Tonner had been handing out earlier, and so she's leaning on that. (laughs) Spits out a tooth. (laughs) (laughs) We still have to... Still have to send someone through the hoop. That is true. You have six vampires that are awake, and you have five that are not. And you have Thalia. As a reminder, a little quest log pop-up. Yeah. So the queen has asked that you send a vampire, a, a fully formed vampire, which now includes everybody who is undead in your presence, except Nyx, asked that you send a fully formed vampire to her so that she may do something with them. (laughs) And Vesper has asked that if you meet any docile individuals who are interested in being cured, you send those to him. (laughs) I'll I'll tell the, I'll tell the group what I had originally been thinking about doing (laughs) in the, uh, in the ballroom when everything was starting to collapse after Oberon had turned to ash. Tonrear was thinking about sneaking up behind Thalia and dropping the hoop on her. <laughs> but since the castle was crumbling, that was very much not a not an option. So how's Tonrear feeling about that now? How how is he feeling standing in this tunnel with her and, and everyone? So right now, I mean, he's gonna need some time first off, because he he relived uh, his most horrific memory. He just escaped a sandcastle, attacks by vampires, and he's leading a bunch of post-thralls up a cave back into the sand, and he just felt the sun for the first time in days. And I think he's still working on processing everything, and I think given that there's more time now that he's going to see if there's a better way to deal with this um, mm-hmm. well, without being... Too crass. Wingatha is like that meme of like the lady with the math equations in front <laughs> of her face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's her thought process. The original deal kind of fell apart because the original deal was we were going to kill Oberon and then we were going to put the thrall who was in the dresser through the hoop. But that thrall just saved her life. And she's worried that whoever we send through the hoop, I mean, it's, they're going to Vire and they're going to the Queen and who knows what they're going to do. Like, are they going to be experimented on or tortured? She's kind of just having second thoughts about all of this. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like this sort of unknown, these five other thralls that weren't in the fight that hadn't turned against Oberon. And I don't know if there's like a way to gauge their loyalty. <laughs> Roll check for for douchery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, what we could do, and I'll I'll speak this out of character real quick before because it'll be easier to do that than in character. Mm. We could talk with them and do perception checks along the way. Mm. I have a stupid, crazy idea. Oh, those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> what if one of us got turned into a vampire and then? All the bad things could happen to us, and then hopefully we live so that Vesper can cure us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So did did Iria just say that? 
No, I. This is off. <laughs> off. Uh, out. Okay. Let's say just for the sake of having this in character, because uh, you guys like are in this moment and you're gonna have to figure it out. Let's say that the thralls are a little further back because they like the vampires don't want to come near the sun. They're not fools, and I think that all of you go towards the door. So you are in an area where you guys can can probably speak to each other without being overheard. Mm-hmm. Especially because the thralls are like, who know each other. I mean, these were people who lived together, worked together. What about Thalia? Thalia is over with them and she is watching you. All right, I have an idea. The young vampires are all talking to each other. They're like, quarantine is over. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> We're free. So Tonrir had stepped out of uh, up the trap door and uh, had gone outside, and he's probably going to see everybody else pulled below him that is part of his party, his actual party, if I were to guess at this point. Is this correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Tonrir is going to take a deep breath and then reach into his pack and uh, hold up the hoop so that the party can see it from down below, but nobody in the cave can see it and just hold it with a reminder to the rest of the party and uh, make sure that everybody sees it before he puts it back in his pack. Mm-hmm. The good news is also none of them know what that is. So yeah, well, <laughs> they just look at it like, why are they looking at it all ominously? Like hula hoop time. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Serious hula hoop time. <laughs> what's uh what's Nick's doing since he can't, Nyx is Nyx is hanging back. He finds himself in, in kind of a strange position because he has revealed to you guys that until recent history, he had a very scorched earth approach to hunting. And that meant that every vampire next to him would be dead because they all have the potential to do great harm. And so I think he he's standing around kind of awkwardly because in the past, not that long ago, this is not how this would have gone. He's looking at them, these people, as they greet each other, and he's he's kind of starting to smile. Hmm. Iria is going to talk to the party and say, I see you, Tonrir. <laughs> and I see that thing that you're holding. I just I don't feel good about these people just got out from under someone's spell that they've been under for who knows how long. Thalia has been under that spell for what, a hundred years? Was that, is that right? About a hundred years, yeah. She was never a thrall, but yeah, she was trapped, staked. So I don't feel comfortable just sacrificing one of these people who's already gone through hell. So I volunteer as tribute. Ooh. Volunteer for what? to be turned into a vampire and go through the hoop. I'm sure my voluptuous charm will work on the queen. <laughs> this is amazing because this is an option that like I honestly never thought of. <laughs> like I didn't think this would even be on the table. Um, but it's like, it's so eerie. <laughs> uh, all right, what are you guys, what are you guys saying? Tonrier is going to furrow his brows at, at her and just shake his head and stand up and walk off from the door a little bit just to like get get his senses because that was like 
of all the things to like hit at that moment of, you know, just everything that's happened within the last five minutes, having been leading up over the last couple of days, he just needs, he's, he's done with the crazy for a moment. And that was a very crazy suggestion. And, <laughs> uh, he's just going to walk, let's say five feet away from the trap door. And he is just going to just collapse and just sit. And it's partially out of frustration, but a lot of that is just because he has so much that he has to deal with internally um, that he he's taken that moment to just get himself some space. Wingatha seeing Tanrir walk away, she's going to very slowly and painfully climb up. I assume there's a ladder. Like a little a little rope ladder. She's going to climb up the ladder, kind of grunting, um, and, and hauls herself into the sand and, and sort of flops over onto it and then makes her way over to Tanrir. And as much as you feel like shit, I'm sure you more than anybody, maybe equal to Tanrir, like, you feel so much relief at seeing the sky. Yeah, she, like, takes a moment to just, like, lay on her back and, and stare at the sky. <laughs> and then she's going to turn her, her head towards Tanrir, who's also on the ground, and say, do you, do you have any magic that can tell if people are telling the truth i'm pretty sure that i don't um during this time when this is all going on as soon as iria said that craziness gideon pulled out the vampire compendium and started scanning through it okay what are you looking for she's trying to see if there's any kind of documentation on even a lead for a cure so give me give me an intelligence roll. Uh, Seventeen. Okay. Oh, your intelligence modifier is fires plus three. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's a twenty. I mean, I think that you just you know where this is. You know where this section is because I think you've looked at it before. Because you know during this time, like you guys have honestly all been at risk of being turned. And I think that this page was something that you were thinking about when Oberon bit you. And it is near the end of the book. And it basically says no. Right now, there is no known cure. You know that Vesper wants to work on one. You know that presumably he's brilliant. But even Vesper said in his letter to you guys, it may be impossible. Gideon's just going to continue scanning through the book. She may have read this thing before. She may have read other pages before, but she's going to keep reading, just hoping to find some kind of answer. Hey, Gideon. Meh. I think you're doing this and you realize all at once you're reading. Hmm. And it feels really good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been the real question, this whole arc anyway. You guys have been given uh, a set of objectives. And how you get them done is up to you. And that's really where we are. So I'm really going to leave this in your guys' court because this is one of the first big choices you guys have to make and how you deal with it is up to you. All right. Um, so Tonry had been asked a question uh, regarding the uh, whether he was able to tell whether somebody was lying or not. After like what seems several moments, he shakes his head and he just says, I can't tell any better than you can, but the thing that we have to bear in mind is 
Look around you. We are in the middle of the desert where we don't know what lies beyond it, where we are. And the only way that we know of for sure to get back is to send somebody through the hoop, draw a sigil in the ground, and use that as a portal to get back to something more familiar. The only thing that I can think of is sending one of them through. Just letting you know, Gideon wants to do something. Yeah, hit it. Okay, so um, Gideon closes the book in frustration after seeing that there is no hint of any kind of cure or anything. And she just closes the book and not like aggressively, but just like determinedly uh, storms over to where the uh, vampires have gathered. Mm -hmm. And kind of clears her throat to get their attention and is like, I have to ask you a question. All of you. They look at you. Some of them are catching up with each other. Mm -hmm. Others are pulling stakes out of the hearts of of a couple that are down. I think that that gets two of them up. And some of the other ones are kind of coming too. So you now have 11 young vampires facing you. And also Thalia. Okay. And she's going to say, just address all of them and say, um, it appears that you are happy to be reunited with those you may deem your family, your friends. Although you may have only had a brief time reunited with each other in your own right minds, I'm afraid I have to ask a bit of a heavy question. What would any of you say if there was a possibility of a cure? I think that that immediately spawns a lot of chatter. Immediately, almost everybody starts talking. Okay. Just to let you know what I'm kind of angling at here, Gideon has a high charisma modifier. It's like her highest. So she's trying to use that to her her benefit. So. I think that that woman who was in the upstairs dresser, she walks forward and she smiles at you kind of sheepishly. And she says, Hey, I think I hit you before. I'm sorry. And then her eyes catch on the blood and her pupils dilate. And then she kind of shakes her head and says, oh, God, sorry. Mm." And steps back a couple feet and rubs her hands over her face and says, um, I'd I'd like a cure. I, I don't know that that's possible. I don't think it is, but I'm willing to try. Because I I don't know about everybody else, but I can't live like this. So Gideon's going to say, that, that right there, that which controls you and stops you from living a happy, normal life. And she reaches up to her neck to kind of like cover her hand in her blood. Hmm. And holds it out to the vampires, Mm. hoping to get, like, some kind of reaction, kind of like what just happened with the woman. Ah, are you testing them? Mm Mm-hmm. Bold. Mm. Bold Bold strategy, Cotton. Hmm. Boy, oh boy, is that a bold strategy. There's there's (laughs) literally 11 vampires in this tunnel with you, Gideon. (laughs) Wingatha has poked her head back through the trapdoor. Gideon? 
you have two hit points. <laughs> and Yuri is like in the background, like, I thought I was the rash one. <laughs> <laughs> This is your GM, Dre Silvertooth, and welcome to episode 20 of Bad Heroes, part 16, and the final part of the Forgotten Court arc. Guess what? We're on time! Well, I mean almost. (laughs) By the time we publish this, it will definitely be either after midnight, because it is now 11.50, or the next morning, but eh, that's pretty close. We are more or less getting back on schedule. Want to come find us on social media? Please do. We can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bad Heroes Cast. Our website is badheroescast.com, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash badheroes. We've got player interviews and other cool things up there, and if you are enjoying the show, if it is a great part of your day a couple times a month, or more often if you listen back to old episodes, then maybe consider tossing us two bucks a month. That is our lowest tier on Patreon. It costs probably less than like a gas station soda, and it still means a whole lot to us. Any level of our Patreon helps us bring you this story. Music in this episode includes Brand New World and Evermore by Kai Engel. Boy, do we love Kai Engel. (laughs) Kai Engel's other works can be found and purchased at kaiengel.bandcamp.com. Our theme, as always, is Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. And that was a short one, which is great, because now I can get you back into the episode. We are going to try to get back into the swing of putting out new episodes on the first and third Wednesday of every month. So, with any luck, the next episode should be out on June 3rd. Stay safe, and we'll see you then. Bye. Now, Gideon's, like, newfound heroic streak is... (laughs) (laughs) Gideon's delirious with blood loss. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. There are 11 vampires, right? And Thalia. And Thalia kind of smiles at you. Because that is a bold fucking move. (laughs) And Nyx looks horrified. (laughs) Just horrified. And also, like, uncomfortable, because that's a lot of blood. And (laughs) Nyx is not immune. And I think most of the vampires turn away from you. Most of them get that look, that hungry look, and then they stop themselves because they have all eaten recently, all of them. Nobody there is hungry. But there are three. Three of the ones that have just woken up, those three launch themselves at you. Oh, shit. (laughs) And I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw. Uh, Oh, that's a natural 20. Damn. Okay. Where do you go? You're in a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like, I feel like Gideon would have had her hand held out. And then upon seeing them losing control and launching themselves at her, she would 
flatten herself against the tunnel wall and then also wipe the blood that was on her hand onto the wall hmm. at the same time. Okay. You're trying to re- redirect. And then, yeah, redirect them and then also yell out, like, listen to me. Tonrier is, like, hearing that scuffle suddenly happen. He's back up on his feet and rushing <laughs> back toward the tunnel door. And, and Wingatha has her head poking in from above. Point, Wingatha <laughs> has, like... She's like, not like this. This isn't what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) She has very rapidly descended the the rope ladder. Okay. All right. Um. Oh, it's not bad at all. (laughs) So, I rolled a will saving throw for these vampires, and I rolled a natural twenty. For them to, to try to resist this. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they can. Even the three. They they can. But two of them don't choose to. Mm. <sighs> because two of them remember. What blood tastes like. What live prey tastes like. And they are not done. And maybe they started off as good people. But... <laughs> This century, living like monsters, it has made them into monsters. So so one of those three that launched themselves at Gideon kind of backs off, but the other two don't? Yeah, I think one of them launches themselves at Gideon and then catches a part of his arm in the sunlight. And it immediately begins to boil. And he it, it kind of snaps him out of it and he pulls back. And walks back up against the wall and actually covers his eyes, trying not to look at you. Mm. And the other two, you can you can actually kind of see a moment where they like launch themselves at the wall. They launch themselves at that blood. And you can see them kind of thinking. And then looking at the other vampires and doing the math. And making that choice that like, you are so outnumbered. And those two launch at you. Wingatha calls over, uh, like, up the, the ladder, like, Tonrir, Tonrir. Oh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's made his way in because <laughs> he was running toward that. Um, here's what I'm going to try to do. I have an idea because I think I know where, where Kaz is going with this. As Tonrir is coming down, he's pulling that hoop back out of his pack. And he's going to call out to Gideon. And he's going to uh, toss the ring toward her. Ooh. Oh, you're putting a lot of uh, faith in my dexterity rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't catch it with your head. 12 <laughs> plus 5 plus 2, so 17. Oh, wait, 12, 19. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's totally great. So you catch it. You In a deft hand, you catch it. What you doing? I like where this is going. Gideon is the woman of the hour, eh? <laughs> I mean, I think she's just going to try to, because they're charging at her, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think to put them through it is going to be a combat maneuver. Okay. Yeah, that's what she's going to try to do. Bullfighter style. <laughs> Does Iria like slowly pull out her drum and start playing like, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> like, yeah. like, like music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do I have to roll for that? Uh, you do. Yeah. Okay. Another 20. Jeez. What? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Okay. I was going to say, because your combat maneuver bonus is not very good, but like, it does not matter. They charge at you and you just quick as anything. I mean, do you want to tell me how you do this or should I tell you? No, paint me a word picture. Okay. <laughs> the first one comes at you. You hold out the hoop to the side and Thalia holds out a foot and trips him. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and he just flies through the air through that hoop. And then the other one looks at you like, Roar! And it's it's just too late. Like you have already just whoop, directly over his head, and they are gone. Yes, that was so sick. <laughs> I was so hoping that would be what would happen when I tossed yeah. the hoop. I'm like, oh please, oh please, oh please, as I launched it through the air. I love that you rolled a twenty. Oh my god, <laughs> that was oh god. That's like I'm never gonna get a twenties again. No, right. Um, <laughs> so as soon as that second vampire disappears into the hoop, Gideon turns to face the rest of the crowd with her kind of in like a defensive position. The rest of the vampires, and just says, "Now listen. I tried to reason with them, and it seems like most of you are on board with the potential for a cure. If you let us go." If you let us walk out of here, all of us alive, as soon as we have any word of a cure, we will find a way to contact you. I love it. There's this funny moment where they look at each other and there's eight left and Thalia and a couple in front just hold up their hands like, okay, uh, you know, just like (laughs) in the universal sign of surrender. And I think that some of them start stepping backwards and they're just like, okay, okay, okay. And that woman who was in the dresser upstairs, she walks forward with her hands up and does not look at your throat and does not look at your hand and says, hey, uh, if there's a cure, I want to help. And yeah, let's try. Okay. Gideon kind of stands up straight, like out of the defensive position now that she's seen them backing off and she just nods slightly. Okay, cool. Are your butt cheeks unclenched, coolness? <laughs> yeah, less pants being eaten by my butt. Thank you. <laughs> Wingatha, can I have a word? She she hobbles um, over to Nyx. <laughs> All right. He kind of pats your shoulder and he says, you did good. Hmm. Wingatha says, you did not so bad yourself. I almost died, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so did all of us. That's fair. I think he looks at you and then he looks at the young vampires who are largely further back in the tunnel now and who are talking to each other. And he taps his chin and he says, these people, they are victims. They have had their minds and their lives taken from them. And sometimes being hurt so deeply makes monsters out of us. And we make victims out of others, and so continues the cycle. But I think, as I believe you think, there is a better way. If they had someone to protect them, mostly from themselves, they might avoid all that. I know you are on a mission for Sephira, but I think this mission might be more worthy. And I I think I know a way. And... He pulls out of his pocket what you know is the thing that he picked up from the ash. It is that pendant, that large blue and gold eye pendant that Oberon was wearing around his neck. And he holds it out to you. 
Oh, oh no. Oh no. I forgot. Oh my god, I forgot about this. <laughs> Mwantha looks at the pendant in Nix's hand and she she takes it by the chain and she holds it up in one of her gauntleted hands and is kind of looking at it with distaste. <laughs> <laughs> and she asks, and what exactly is this? He says, um, it's hideous, I know, but it is powerful. There are many ways to find people who do not want to be found, but Oberon was no fool. There is a reason that he evaded me for a century. That reason is this. And that eye on that pendant, it blinks at you. <laughs> and it's it's unnerving. Mm-mm. Ew. But Nick says, if you wear it, it should stop Sephira from finding you, even with a hellhound. I saw what you did in there. I saw how you motivated them. I think you should take it. And I think you should take them. If you are up to the challenge. <sighs> Wingatha sighs. And she looks over at her friends, at her party, to one side, and then looks over at the new vampires on the other side. And she thinks for several moments in silence, and then she finally looks back at Nyx again, and she says, Remember earlier this morning, before the battle, you said... We all needed something to fight for to get through this, to get through the fight with Oberon. The truth is, after I quit being a mercenary, I didn't really have anyone or anything to fight for other than myself and my own freedom. And, and that's still important to me, but these people... I was under Oberon's control for a few minutes, and it sucked. <laughs> and these people were trapped like that for more than a century and and she shudders and, and says I can't imagine what they've gone through but I'd like to help them if I can if they want it I think I think they're who I want to fight for now I think he smiles at you yeah, he smiles at you a lot and I think he he just claps you on the shoulder, and um, he looks happy. He looks hopeful. Damn, this is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm already imagining like the party just watching Wingatha walking into the sunset <laughs> <laughs> with eight vampires. <laughs> yeah, they might have like blindfolds on because of the sun. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess seven. I guess because one of them. So so the vampire who is in the dresser has asked basically to be a part of the cure. She doesn't know exactly what that means yet, but she's asked to do that. And then there are seven more that don't necessarily want to go with you, but uh, Nyx has suggested that they be left in the care of Wingatha. Very good. And Wingatha smiles kind of sadly because she's going to miss her new friends. And she ducks her head and she uh, puts the pendant on. It... (sighs) It feels strange to wear. It kind of has the same feeling as putting on, like, I don't know if you've ever had clothing that got really cold. You know, maybe it was like by an open window or something and you put it on and it's just this strange but kind of refreshing feeling. 
And you you feel that there's you're not wearing anything new, but as you put that pendant on, you feel this sort of sense of not cold, but like coolness settle over you. And the eye blinks and you are hidden, even from Safira. Does everyone know what like that that has happened? I think you guys could hear this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Here is like, oh my god, where'd Wingatha go? <laughs> like joking. <laughs> Ring of this, like, I'm invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she she claps Nyx on the shoulder and says, hey, thanks for everything, Kat. He (laughs) says, "Um, no problem. (laughs) Um, I think Nyx, Iria, Nyx looks at you with a a big smile and he kind of curls his finger at you. Iria bounces over to him. Iria yeets herself back in the tent. <laughs> um, he he kind of very gently like guides you to the side so that you guys can have a bit of a, a private conversation. Are, are you down with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he reaches out and holds your hands and he looks at them and then he looks at you and then he kind of makes a silly face and looks back down at your hands and then kind of shifts back and forth. And he says, um, Iria, you are... You are so brave to come here and do this, to stand by your friends and face down this impossible fight. You have such light and life about you, such vibrance, and I am in awe. The short time we have known each other, Iria, I have become quite taken with you. And for clarity's sake, I hope you'll let me explain. When I say that my clan does not believe in monogamy, I don't mean that the alternative is devoting my life to one person and treating everybody else like a side dish. That's not it. When I'm looking at you, I am not looking at you as something extra or a secret affair. I am looking at you as an equal. And that matters. Because someone like you, Iria, you should not settle for any less. If you like, come see me. When you're not busy caching monsters and sending castles crumpling, I'm a pretty good cook. And I have a pan flute that I'm terrible with. I could make you dinner and we could play an awful duet. (laughs) Conrear's eyes are darting back and forth between the two of them because he had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember, he had gone through the double doors out of the foyer into the ballroom when their conversation happened. I don't think any of us know what's going on. No, they were the last ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's there's some eye darting going on. Gideon doesn't care about the mushy crap, so she walks over. She walks over to Wingatha and um, stands in front of her and says, "So you're leaving? Looks like it. Well, I won't miss you, <laughs> but she says I won't miss you, but I will remember you." That's high praise. Let's be honest. That's high praise coming from Gideon. Pretty good. says, I'm going to take that as a compliment. And like backs away with finger guns at Gideon. <laughs> and Gideon's, Gideon's just going to sigh and then back up. Oh, uh, God. God, that's funny. All right. Well, Tonwer will do a sappy, I guess, as well. It's fine. Tonwer's going to call uh, Ruth Rain, uh down to him. And he's going to... Uh, pet the owl and find a loose feather and pull it out so that way it's not a like stuck in feather. 
and he's going to walk over and uh, hand that to Wingatha and says, in the event that you need to find me, use this. And he hands it to her. Oh my God, that's, that's really good. That's so poetic. <laughs> I love it. She's going to tuck it safely in a, a pouch at her belt and reach out to shake Tanru's hand and say, uh, good luck keeping the rest of these fools alive. <laughs> Tanru can't help but smirk a little bit, reaches out to grip the hand and shake it and says, Roruth Nuing, and he nods once before he uh, lets go and starts making his way toward the exit again. You know, I have to ask, what does that mean? Uh, where the earth allows you to tread, find your path. Hmm. Nice. This is beautiful. Just made that up. I have no <laughs> I love, I, but I love that you do that because like, then it's very uniquely yours. Yes. Iria. Yeah. So I think Iria still over with Nyx um, and he's just finished uh, what he said and Iria is kind of like misty eyed looking up at him and is like I'm definitely going to be visiting you uh, mostly because I can't cook <laughs> and then she getting a little more serious and sappy like takes out the magical lipstick that she has and turns uh, Nyx's paw over and draws a heart on it Aww. and then closes his paw around the lipstick so it's like a little thing for him to remember her by Mm -hmm. and then gives him a giant hug and a little kiss on the cheek. And she's crying. Oh, no. <laughs> he gives you a big bear hug. A big, well, ti tiger hug, rather. <laughs> 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 and um, he kind of snuggles up to the side of your face and, and plants a kiss on your cheek. Aw. And then as you guys, like, pull back and you, like, kind of look at each other and you're very close and it's kind of that, that pre-kiss moment, he just leans back a little more and makes a face and goes, did you eat garlic? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yuria kind of like uh, breathes towards him. Like <laughs> <laughs> he, he pulls back and he kind of like swats his hands in front of his face and like laughs. And then he, he kind of nudges you towards Wingatha. Yuria um, kind of looking back at Nyx wistfully goes to Wingatha and and she does like a little like punch in the shoulder, you know, like a playful punch, <laughs> uh, but then grabs her and, and pulls her into a huge hug and she's still Aww. all misty-eyed and crying a little. Aww. Wingatha hugs Iria and steps back with a, a big smile on her face and she says to her, um, keep playing that music, kitty cat. <laughs> You're going to be a star one day. I just know it. Aw, I'm going to make a wing at the song just for you. <laughs> so you guys have all you guys have all said goodbye to Wingatha. <laughs> and I guess also to Nyx, who kind of smiles and, and gives you guys a wave and says, um, I, I can travel during the day, but I don't like to. So I think I'm going to wait here with Wingatha until nightfall. And then we can all leave together. What's Thalia doing? Thalia actually steps forward to you, Gideon. And she looks you over and sort of taps her fingers on her thighs and 
looks at the, and, and she is like a stark contrast to this other woman who came up and volunteered to be a cure. Like that woman is like, the only way I can describe her is like kind of adorable. She kind of looks like the kind of person that would like pick up a cup of tea and then immediately spill it. <laughs> but like, there's just this sweetness about her. Thalia ha- is all like regality and they look really funny next to each other. But Thalia comes up and sort of taps her fingers against her thigh and says, I don't think I'm interested in a cure. I've already died once, you see, and that's more than enough for me. But if you'll have me, I would like to go back to the capital. I'm not the person I was before all this. And vampirism aside, I don't think I ever will be. Sometimes things happen and they change you. And they take away a version of you before that you can't get back. I don't know who I am now after all this, but I do know who I don't want to be. I think that's enough of a guide. So she asks to come with you. Gideon puts one hand on her crossbow (laughs) and says, (laughs) and says, no no biting. (laughs) (laughs) And says, she just has one hand on the crossbow and she says, Again, with like kind of a serious face. How do we know that you won't take another bite out of us? I think she looks at you and she has a a big, long laugh. She looks at you and she says, Darling, I promise. And then Gideon, uh, Gideon releases her hand off the crossbow. I think Iria comes up next to Thalia and like... (laughs) puts her arm over Thalia, kind of like, she's my best bud, and she took a bite out of me, and I feel good about this, so, yeah. Gideon's going to roll her eyes because of this cat that falls in love with everything. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, she takes her hand off her crossbow and just walks back over to Tonrir. Thalia, like, gives you a sweet smile, but then very gingerly lifts your hands off of her and then steps back (laughs) and says, um... No offense, but I'm not completely recovered and you still smell great. (laughs) (laughs) And kind of keeps her distance. So, you guys have two vampires that want to come with you. Who has the chalk? Oh, Iria does, right? I have the portal. The design that we have to... Yeah, the pattern. Mm -hmm. So Iria has chalk and also a piece of rolled up parchment that Vesper gave you that has the sigils in the order you need to create in order to teleport yourselves. So... Should I be doing these patterns, like, on the wall? It's like a circle that you guys have to stand in, so probably on the floor. Is this tunnel big enough for the six of us? Five of us? If you all stand real close together. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone get real comfy. I think it takes you a while. It's pretty intricate. Like, is this something that she has to draw and then we step into it? Oh, okay. Yeah, you draw it with everybody outside of it, and I think... Thalia and that other young vampire who has volunteered to be part of finding a cure, they like keep pretty good distance away from you guys while you're doing this. I think just out of politeness and also caution. Gideon's going to pick up the hoop and give it back to Tanya. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in my pack. Call Ruthuin to sit on my shoulder and we'll wait for the circle to be drawn. Wingeth is just standing a little ways further in the tunnel, leaning on her crutch and waving to you guys. Mm-hmm. 
Iria kind of talks while she's making the portal and and is talking about how like she's an artist, but not this kind of artist, and how <laughs> she is sorry that it's more of an oval than a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I think as you're doing this, you're maybe not entirely certain if it's going to work because last time Vesper drew them. Mm, true. He did a very intricate, like perfect circle. So you're not totally sure if this is going to work as you draw, you know, it's just sort of the best of your ability and it's kind of an oval, but I think you finish. I think you draw the last sigil in a long series of sigils and it lights up and that circle glows. And you know that that means that Vesper has been given the okay to open up the portal. And because it's oval, that means we'll either come out really tall or really round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gideon's going to rifle through her bag and pull out a book. And then uh, as she's walking towards the portal, she's going to turn back to Wingatha and say, in case you get bored. And she tosses the undead adventures and romance book. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How bored do you have to be to read skeleton erotica? (laughs) Uh, Wingatha catches the book and laughs. laughs. All right. Tonrare uh, is going to be the first to step into the circle, I suppose. Okay. Yep. You stand there and the light kind of pulls around you, but you don't go yet. Gideon steps in. Okay. Iria takes one more look at Nyx and then jumps in. Okay. Thalia and that young vampire follow. And I think that the young vampire gives... Gives you kind of a sheepish wave, Wingatha. Wingatha waves back. And says, thanks for not beheading me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for saving my ass. <laughs> it's a good ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and as you guys all step in, you feel that same sort of disorienting feeling as the world moving beneath you and disappearing from around you. And I think you guys look out and you see seven young vampires and Nyx, who gives you guys that big toothy grin. And the last thing you guys see is Wingatha. And then everything is light. <laughs>